0: Are we live? <laughs> I don't know. We're live. We're live. We're live. All right. Great. Welcome, uh, ladies back. and gentlemen. <laughs> Thanks for ruining the, the intro. Um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Respect Podcast. Uh, my name is Mackie, and join alongside me as per usual. Uh, sorry for the delay, actually, folks. It's been a quite some time, but next to me, I've got Alex and I? Justin virtually uh, to talk about the Montreal Canadiens that have gone through some things since the last time that we spoke, and those things were not a winning streak. We'll get into all of that stuff tonight, uh, starting with you, Alex. Alex. How are you tonight? I'm good,
1: man. It's good to be back. It's been almost three weeks now. And I missed last episode, so it's probably been uh, over a month month? for me. You're looking good. uh, Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Looking much better than the Hobbs. uh, That's true,
0: Uh, i mean that's a low bar right now that's a low bar (laughs) right now for sure uh and justin what about yourself how you doing and uh, again a huge thank you to anybody who has joined us five watching to start off tonight's show fantastic justin i'm good i'm uh yeah
2: i mean every time i think about the haves i get extremely depressed but other than that i'm doing great so um good to be back we kind of had a little hiatus there, but uh, we're back now, stronger than ever, like the Habs.
0: I think, uh, yeah, we're making the playoffs now. Boy, oh boy. Well, folks, uh, yes, again, uh, it's uh, it's been a little bit of time, and since then, quite a few things have happened, some big ticket items, uh, starting with the fact we're going to start the conversation off with this. Um, Mark Bergeret is no longer the GM of the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, this is obviously um, the end of an era, and that's what our episode six is called. Um, we're going to start the conversation there. For those of you who want to join in, uh, we'll be taking comments based off, you know, the topics. So uh, feel free to add anything that we want to, um, in terms of, of, of talking about this specifically, we'll get into the new hires, the press conference of uh, Jeff Molson, the hire of Jeff Gordon, the firing not only of Marc Bergevin but of, of, as well as uh, Trevor Timmins, the new GM, so many questions as the Canadians continue to lose uh, and the tank for Shane Wright seems to be upon us. Um, but guys, let's start, you know, from the get-go here. Marc Bergevin no longer the GM. Um, take me through maybe a very quick synopsis of what you felt Um, at the moment that you heard the news if it made sense uh were you expecting it all of those things uh justin you go ahead honestly i was not expecting it to be to be quite
2: honest i was expecting a coaching change before seeing a gm change um to me, I don't think it's necessarily Mark Bergemaid's fault that the Habs are playing so poorly this season. I think he, his moves were, were legitimate moves, and they were plugging holes that were kind of uh, holes that became holes because of circumstances that are outside of his control. So I didn't really feel like he deserved so much to be fired. It was more a move to kind of shake things up and make a change, as, as so many people have said. Um so yeah, I was a bit, uh, I was a bit shocked that he got fired, but I can also understand with like, the kind of controversy, controversy around his not signing of a contract this year. Like it kind of seemed like there was already kind of rocky starting the season. So in that regard, it kind of seemed like it was it was coming. But yeah, I, I don't think he necessarily deserved to be fired. Um, I think he had a great tenure in Montreal and I'll, I'll definitely miss his kind of wise cracks and his, his fun attitude there. So yeah, I, uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of bittersweet, I guess I want change, but I also, I'm going to miss Burge for sure.
0: Interesting that you, you didn't find that it was really his fault, but Alex, I'll I'll get your thoughts on this and then we can maybe discuss, uh, what what were your initial reactions to uh, the news?
1: I think very similar to Justin. Uh, it was surprising the night of to hear that news. But when you think about it, obviously the team's struggling. And like Justin mentioned, the contract, all these rumors of him not wanting to resign or wanting to maybe go somewhere else, it kind of makes sense the more you look at it. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, they had to do something. Justin mentioned coaching change, but Bergevin tried four or five coaches in his tenure. So he's the next logical step, and it is what it is. Yeah, we we can appreciate, look back the time he had here, the crazy run last year, but it's time for not, for something new, and uh, here we go.
0: Yeah, that's. Um, I think I think that we can all agree that this panel was not like a Bergevin hater. I know that some of us were maybe more optimistic and more, uh, I guess, supportive. With regards to his tenure and and what happened, if I were to re, like recap uh, Mark Bergevin's tenure again, um, putting myself back when he was hired in 2012, uh, Jeff Molson touched on this uh, a little bit: is the fact that he had no experience. Um, he turned the team around with. Obviously, the talent of Carey Price um, and tried to make the playoffs and make them a competitive team. He successfully did that. Did he do it uh, in, in hindsight? Was that the best move to start off uh, this group? I don't know. Um, but they're they're was a shift and this was the second phase he even spoke about this when he was a GM is that you know the, the way that he evaluates himself is that there was the first one which was the five-year plan that failed got us to the Eastern Conference Finals Uh Chris Kreider incident fuck Chris Kreider uh, still to this day Um but there's that part and then there's the reset Bar- Bergevin which I believe that's when we started seeing some really um, big learnings um in terms of you know approaching the draft in a different way, uh, not drafting necessarily a Michael McCarran just because he's big and we need a centerman. Um, so all in all, I think that Mark Bergevin did a good job. Do I think that he took us exactly where we want to be? Of course not, but that being said, you look at the trades that this guy did. he brought in some big pieces, and we he didn't start off with quite. That much. So for that, I think that there's um, a foundation of there to be kind of appreciated from the fans' perspective, um, and all of this to say that there's it's perfect. I I enjoyed Mark Bergevin as a as a GM. Um, it is it is good to see a fresh start, uh, and kind of like you guys, I, I felt like there is it was a little bit out of the blue, but also kind of makes sense with the way that this season is playing out. So sorry, Alex, you had something to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's very, very hard to win a Stanley Cup. And he came very close. And if you take a look at the roster he took over and what we have now, we're miles a hundred times better. And there's a lot of depth, a lot of prospects. There's a lot of possibilities for a new GM coming in to pick what route they want to go with with this team. There's some good pieces. And At the end of the day, you can't say Bergevin hurt this team. He did what he thought was best. Unfortunately, it didn't work out completely. But we almost got there, and we have to appreciate that.
0: Yeah, completely agree. Um, Justin, any thoughts uh, that would follow up on that? I just kind of have an open question for you guys.
2: Do you think... Well, I mean, I, I kind of know the answer but maybe I'll just say it because I I know what your answer will be but I think if we hadn't made the Stanley Cup finals last season I don't know what kind of opinion we'd have of Mark Bergevin in his tenure because if you look back I think he's probably we've probably made the playoffs like f- close to 50% of the seasons he's been with the Habs and I mean we've made we made the Eastern Conference finals um off the coattails of another GM, kind of since it was like his maybe second season in 2014. Um, but yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I, I, I guess what I'm saying is he's kind of had like a bit of a roller coaster of a career in Montreal where. It's not every season it's been good, it's not every season that's been bad. It's kind of been all over the place. And I think that's why he's gotten so many so many so many haters over the years because it's just not been like a consistent upwards trajectory, I guess. And I don't know if that's kind of what hockey is in its essence. So I yeah, I don't have any problem with Mark Bereszmay and I think he did a great job and he's an exciting guy because he always makes crazy trades when
0: no one's expecting them, so yeah, I if I could answer that, like I I do wonder what would have happened if it if we didn't do that miraculous comeback against Toronto, we didn't sweep the Jets, we didn't dominate fucking the Vegas Golden Knights, and then <laughs> eventually just finish, uh, you know, getting out outplayed by the Tampa Bay Lightning. To be honest, um, I do wonder that. It's a good question, uh, and how do we see see this? But I think that that's the part that you know a team that that relies on its goalie such as Carey Price to be the star player i think that's a massive kind of uh, x factor in how variable your team can be we all talk about like you know depth at at the forward position and all of that but if your star player is in nets i think that's one of the reasons why you saw so much up and down and the reality is is that there was not enough support for Kerry Price at his peak, at the time that we went, and that's where I think you know a lot of people would have wanted to see Mark Bergevin gone earlier. Uh, I can understand why uh, as I as I've grown older and wiser. Um, and I mean, the thing is, is that he did show that he learned from those mistakes, but I think that's the thing that haunts him the most. And, and, and the whole tenure is just the fact that we didn't take the time to really support Carey Price. We just rode the peak of his career with, you know, David Dernay as your first line center, Thomas Vanek and Max Pacioretty. That, and, and then that's that was the team. Like, that was our top line. We had heart. We had all of those things. But in terms of pure talent... It all started with Kerry Price and ended with Kerry Price. And this offseason, I think when you lose Kerry Price's presence, not only him but Shea Weber, I think it's bigger than we expect, and it's a team that rides on maybe too much emotion. Uh, And that's one big flaw in all of this is that for a regular season, for the playoffs, I think that's why it worked. But for the regular season where you cannot match, the emotional currency, the emotional investment, all of those things, I think that's why we're seeing a big difference this season. Okay, one more hypothetical, because it's kind
2: of going with what I said about, I don't think it's necessarily Mark Bergman's fault so much, is that if we still had Carey Price and we still had Shea Weber to start the season, like a healthy Shea Weber, let's say, I don't think first of all i don't think our team is is this bad i don't think mark birchman is getting fired and it completely changes things so those are things that like are kind of outside of his control and he tried to plug the holes as good as possible and if i'm saying like in my opinion at the start of the season i thought our team was was gonna be good i thought we had the pieces to kind of contend at least not be like a bottom feeder fucking disaster um so yeah, to me, I didn't think that it was really his fault. I thought it was more, I guess, the players not coming together and, and putting together what what their potential is. So yeah, I I don't know what to say, but it's uh, yeah, it's kind of sad <laughs> to see because it, it's it felt like he did everything to me. He did everything right to start the season, but it just really didn't pan out. It went completely the other direction and is what we're 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 ended up with
0: if i
1: can jump in quickly please yeah i mean we can look at hypotheticals all day and we all wish it had worked out we all wish it'd be going better this year um if you look at tampa bay before they won their back-to-back cups everyone thought this was an amazing team john cooper best coach ever Uh, their new GM coming in, Brise is a mastermind. If Tampa Bay had gotten knocked out in the first round again that year where they won the cup, their first cup, like what happens with Tampa Bay? It's such a game of inches and stuff and luck that people can sit at home and say, oh, he should have gone for it this year or done something this year but Tampa Bay, when they went for it the first time, got swept and then lost to Columbus, let's say. Or look at Toronto, look at all these teams. Like Kyle Dubas, should he be getting fired if Toronto loses again this year? On paper, he's done things right, but sometimes it just doesn't work out. And like you're saying for this year, I think we all thought on paper this team is better than last year's, even with Weber possibly being out. Jeff Petrie we thought would be better you think that Jake Allen can play that role until Price is healthy. It just sometimes, for some reason, it doesn't work. I think the emotions, like you said, is a big thing for the regular season. But even without emotions, this should be a decent team, and it's just not working. So it's unfortunate, but I don't know. People sit back and say, oh, they knew all along that Bergevin's team wouldn't have success, but there's, there's no way to predict this. It's, it's just a fluke. And it happens in hockey.
0: Yeah, there's no chance. I, I I'm not convinced, at least unless somebody really has a snapshot or a screenshot of them, like saying like yeah, the Habs, you know, 25 games deep would have six wins. Yeah. I, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. There's not one analyst that predicted that this team would be bottom feeders, like you said, Justin and and Alex. Uh, you know, I think we're all in agreement an uh, agreement. Sorry that there is no predicting this type of performance so a lot of it has to maybe go on the coach go on the players Uh, I would say even the players first and foremost but we will get into Dominique Tucham after we get into the new hires of Jeff Gordon uh, later on the show. Again, we are the No Respect Podcast. If you are joining us live, thank you very much. Uh, we're on YouTube right now, uh, and you can find us on uh, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, all of that good stuff. We have a Discord server that you can join. We'll post the link once we have a chance. But um, getting on uh, with uh, Mark Bergevin, uh, we'll move on maybe, and, and he'll definitely come up in all of the discussion that we're going to have Tonight when it comes to um this episode. But there's also the fact that Mark Bergevin seemed to be a pretty loyal guy. Um, whether it be the contract uh that he dished out to Brendan Gallagher, that we all know when it was dished out, there was a little bit of a risk, especially with the fact that the cap hasn't been going up. Um, and and we might be seeing a little bit of that in terms of loyalty and how it can maybe backfire. Um, And another piece in the segue that I want to make here is Trevor Timmons, who was also let go as part of this reset. Um, Right now, I don't know who's taking care of uh, of that. Scott Mellenby also resigned when he knew that he was no longer in contention for the GM position. But what can you guys say about Trevor Timmons and the drafting um, in the tenure of Mark Bergervin as he's been here? And he's been here for longer than Bergervin, to be honest, 20 years, uh, if I'm uh, accurate with that. So uh, let me start with you. Justin, okay, all right. Off the bat, all right. Uh, would you care to elaborate, maybe a little
2: bit more? I mean, he's had a few hits. Like I'm talking about Ryan McDonough, PK Subban, Max Pacioretty, uh, Brendan Gallagher. Uh, more recently, I guess. I mean, you can say that's a hit if you want, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's mostly been. Busts. to be quite honest with you. Like, the higher picks mostly turn into busts, and I don't know. Like, being a scout is is tough. It's not an easy job, I'm sure. Like, most of the draft after the first 15 picks is a crapshoot. So, I can't fault him too much, but, I mean, he definitely doesn't have an amazing track record other than maybe, like, the 2010-ish era. So... For me, he was nothing to write home about. I'm not uh, too sad to see him leave. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm happy to see. Maybe I've heard Jeff Gordon seems to be a not so bad drafter or scout type uh, guy. So hopefully he could bring something there, and we can get some players that actually come to the system just to say another thing i don't think it's necessarily completely trevor timmons fault i think the haves development system has been horrible for a long time uh, i think like jake evans is like the only player that i could think of that's come out of laval or st john's or wherever the fuck they were before and actually done something in the nhl so that's also another problem can't blame it all on trevor timmons but
0: yeah that's my opinion yeah uh, one thing that I, I heard during the, I'll, I'll let you answer right after this, Alex, but one thing that I, I agreed with, I think I heard it on uh, on TSN 690, is that uh, a great way to describe the, the, the tenure of Tr- Trevor Timmons and all of this is that he was pretty good at hitting singles, but he never hit a home run. Um, and when it comes to, you know, an Arturi and a Brendan Gallagher, all of these guys that they got um, in the later draft picks and he'll get the steal, the Caden Primos in the seventh round looks promising. What I will give as benefit of the doubt to Trevor Timmons, um, you know, is the fact that only recently has the draft become more important. Um, and that was when Mark Bergevin made it a point with the reset to start accumulating more draft picks, because as you mentioned, we haven't really been drafting in the top 10. So it's not an exact science that it becomes more difficult. So he's gotten more shots at, uh, you know, that that metaphorical. Lottery ticket. You buy more tickets to see if you can get that, you know, cash prize at the end of it. Uh, we got guys like Norlander. We've got guys like Romanov that, or, or Romanov, I should say. Um, we've got uh, Jordan Harris that seems to be like in the in the uh, in that. We've got Ryan Paling. We've got Jesse Alone and we've got a lot more picks that have some type of promise. I know that you're making faces. <laughs> All I'm giving is a little bit of that <laughs> benefit of the doubt. I uh, want to thank. Thank uh, Eli uh, and Johnny Golden, uh, who are joining us live uh, tonight as we record episode six, End of an Era. Please it don't might be shy. Eli. We're talking a little... Oh, sorry. What, well, Eli... Eliot, no, for sure. Okay, well, you'll tell me. It has to be. Okay, all right, here we go. Um, that being said, um, we're going to be talking about first Trevor Timmons, Mark Bergevin, maybe Paul Wilson, if there's anything to be said, really. Um, and uh, But yeah, so getting back to Trevor Timmons. That was one of the other counterpoints that I wanted to make. But Alex, your thoughts, uh, and those of you who are in the chat, uh, reflecting on Trevor Timmons, what do you guys think? Uh, what to make of his tenure alongside of Mark Bergevin as we haul off? Alex, go ahead.
1: Yeah, someone posted a statistic, and I might have the numbers a bit wrong, but if I remember correctly, the Montreal Canadiens are the only team in the past, I want to say, 20 years, to not have a 70-point player, which I believe it was Tomáš Plikanec and Pacioretty who came the closest. But it just goes to show, like you said, we've never hit that home run. Guys we thought might get there, Galchenyuk, uh, it's the only one I can think of, actually. But um, it's just been brutal. And then development-wise, like Justin said, There's another quote that came out. Max Pacioretty was saying that he had to ask Bob Ganey to go back to the AHL because he wasn't getting that proper first line, second line time to actually develop as a player. So overall, it's just been poor. And hopefully now with someone new, we can start developing and build the team from the AHL, build it properly.
2: Yeah, Steph yeah, C says didn't don't yeah, have over 70. I think Alex is talking about actual draftees from Montreal. So, yeah. That's exactly. What, yeah.
0: But uh also Steph C adds that uh the at least the Montreal Canadiens are 100% going to be winning the Stanley Cup before 2100. Uh, so, I like those odds. I like those odds. Uh and uh Eli and uh or Eli <laughs> And Johnny, we'll be talking about Gordon right after this, uh, wrapping up on uh, Trevor Timmons. I mean, the biggest thing for me um, in this whole discussion, and, and you pointed it out. I don't know how much this is on Trevor Timmons, but this is something that I do want from the new hire of Jeff Gordon and whoever else is going to be the bilingual G- GM for the Montreal Canadiens that we'll get into later um, is. Development. Uh, we saw a little bit of a, a glimpse of hope, I think, with Joel Bouchard uh, for a little bit. Uh, he is now in Anaheim uh, doing things uh, on his own. Maybe, maybe that uh, Mark Burcham is going to be heading towards him in LA. Uh, that was the rumor on the on the street, uh, metaphorically. Um, but that's one thing that when you look at a Caulfield that's struggling right now. And the amount of talent, for me, if Caulfield does not turn into the player that we think that he can be, I, I think, um, sorry, popped up Michael McCarron there out of nowhere, Um, but uh, for Caulfield, um, not becoming the 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 skilled and talented you know player that we think he can be. Sorry, um, that that is something that I want to be addressed, and I don't know is going to take care of that, if it's still the people that are in, in with the Laval rocket right now, uh, I can't remember the name of the person that we just hired uh, unfortunately, but that's something that I want addressed, because you're right, A Galchenyuk, I mean he didn't go in and tear it up as soon as he left uh, Jesperi Kotkanyemi showing a little bit more promise with the Hurricanes now um, we didn't get necessarily the chance to see him develop into the, um, you know, that number one C at, at the time because he was super young, but if he does that somewhere else that's another testament to what this problem area has been for the Montreal Canadians not only through the draft but once you have the talent being able to develop it nurture it and get it to a point where we can say got it we've got it that's it I think we've done it with goaltenders and Carey Price maybe certain defensemen Andre Markov but that was maybe before uh, I'm, I'm not even th- like Jeff Petrie is not necessarily a guy that we drafted, but he came into the organization, 26 years old or something like that. And, and he's been able to improve, but from young, young players, I've yet to see that. And that's one thing that I want to address. I don't know what you guys think. Maybe uh, Justin or Alex, if you have something to say here. Yeah, it's obviously tough. Um,
2: like the examples of Kotkin and Cofield like in their first seasons, okay kind of seem to tear it up and then it's like what do you do do you send them back and then the fans can be like what the hell they were doing so well like it's i think it's a tough position to be in um but i think you're right that it needs to it needs to be addressed like we need to have a kind of plan that we need to develop these players in a way that they're gonna become serviceable players for our team and and in in a time that like makes sense doesn't have they don't have to always rush them they don't have to always take four years in the ahl like it's a case-by-case case thing but they should have some sort of plan some sort of kind of uh way of determining whether or not they, they can be ready or they're they're ready in every situation that they're going to play in um i mean i'm not worried about caulfield in particular um i think he's still going to be a great player obviously he's struggling but the whole team is struggling and I don't think it's helping him that he's getting, like, 12, 13 minutes of ice time a game. Um, he's shown spurts of, of kind of, like, dominant play where he gets confidence and he just kind of, like, takes the puck in the offensive zone and, and does what he wants there. So, it, it, yeah, it's just about giving him more opportunities. If that's in the HL, maybe that's, that's what he has to do. To, to get more opportunities to be confident and get his confidence back and kind of just score goals and yeah I think that's what he needs
0: yeah Alex uh, any uh, any thoughts on this and uh want to thank uh, Steph C Jeff M uh, and Austin Nicola Zalazar Aslet, I hopefully pronounced that correctly, for joining us on the live show here on YouTube. Um, Yeah, Some more on on development on the Habs, Alex, if you have anything to add here as we stretch out Michael McCarron's face who now plays for Nashville.
1: Yeah, I think you guys touched on most of it or probably everything, but I think our bottom six especially, you have to be able to get those pieces from your farm team, from your draft, because otherwise you're making trades or overpaying for third fourth line guys and then you're stuck you can't fill out the rest of the roster so i think like you said a system just has to be put in place to show the player what they need to do to move up what's expected of them and then teach them how to do it but it can't be this bring them up for five games oh, he underperformed, send him back to the AHL in a different role to then somehow expect him to come back and perform. It just it doesn't work. So I think the players need probably more time in the AHL to develop. We're seeing Paling having su- success now, and he had over a season in the AHL where he got to develop his game, get more ice time, take on a leadership role, and become the player we're hoping he can be and that finally seems to be working so maybe that's a step this team has to take and hopefully it changes in the future
2: it it feels like the Habs development is like kind of like retooling development like some they like send players down bring them back up go back and forth whereas like Alex said I think sometimes the move is just like leave them in in their european league or in their in the ahl for a Mm -hmm. year see how they do let them get comfortable there like get a kind of like like figure out what kind of player they are playing against pros in a real league and then make the step there and then they can transition to that much easier than kind of being here not being sure of themselves having to always doubt themselves if they're good enough if they they they're going to be called up or sent down uh, from one game to another. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with that.
0: Well, that was the question that we we asked ourselves after, you know, Jesperi Kanyemi at 18 years old. We knew that he had a great camp, but it w- was maybe a testament to the fact that we didn't really have that much of a center uh, position that was solidified here in Montreal. Um so maybe he was a beneficiary, beneficiary of that, and big word. but it doesn't uh, yeah, it is. Uh, okay. I'm surprised as well. Um, and uh, when I think about that decision and not going to uh, Finland and being able, okay, you're really you're really trying <laughs> to get me off of my game while you're putting all of these <laughs> memes. Um, but KK is that example where the guy didn't get to dominate. At any point. And then when we look at the way that we tried to develop him in a non-developmental league, which is the NHL, for Christ's sake, and we're saying that it's a competitive team, looking back, obviously we were hyped. I bought the jersey. It was a mistake. But that being said, that that's the type of stuff that's going to haunt you. And now... Obviously, we were supposed to keep Jesperi, let's not forget that he got offer sheeted, so maybe he would have been able to turn it around, but had he stayed for a year, had he, you know, really, you know, he he stayed at home in Finland, eating salmon at his mom's house, all of these things that enabled him to grow, get faster, stronger, and confidence. Confidence is huge as a young guy. And I think that emotionally, when you, when you're you're a young kid, no matter no matter how these NHLers are built, I think that emotions here in Montreal are so heightened, and maybe one of the reasons why we're gonna have two people running the Montreal Canadiens now, uh, because of the media, because of the fans, and how much passion there really is. But all of this to say is that that needs to be addressed, and and, and this is a prime example of a player that had the tools was probably rushed. Now, how do we fix that problem? Alex, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I think Cockanamy is a perfect example because to me, the glaring thing I saw is after that rookie year, the next year when he came in, it looked like he was being told to play as a grinder, like a defensive center, without those rookie freedoms where he showed his offensive potential. He came in, he was hitting everyone everyone loved it obviously the physicality but it seemed like his game went so simple it was just dumping the puck in hits the creativity was gone and it could be that like you said we didn't give him that time to build that offensive game either in Finland or in the AHL and then you're putting him on a competitive team where they can't afford to make rookie mistakes if they want to win a Stanley Cup so yeah, it's not a good environment to develop players that you want to flourish offensively if you can't afford to make mistakes. So like Caulfield now, obviously going into this season, we're expecting to be a competitive team, and Caulfield's turning the puck over, being too risky, and two-on-ones the other way and stuff. And it's like, how how do you want him to learn? Okay, he'll play more defensive, but now he's not scoring. So... I think you have to give those high end prospects that freedom to make mistakes. And if they can't do that in the NHL, let them do it in the AHL or like Justin said in Europe. And I think that's something that has to be looked at for this team because these high end prospects just don't pan out with Montreal.
0: Um Johnny golden agrees with the the, the fact that we rush KK um, Steph C saying that uh, I feel like when rookies come they are not given a specific role and kind of just thrown in there hoping that they pan out. None of our rookies are exceptional, so they need time. And that's that's true. It's never like we had a McDavid in our laps or an Austin Matthews that you know by the just the way that they're playing the game and they're already dominating at a young age. And when we do pick Shane Wright, maybe we'll reevaluate that. But until then, we haven't had a pick that we're like, okay, there's no obstacle for this guy to not perform. Everybody that has been picked by the Montreal Canadiens – has always had a question mark. And as much as I think Cole Caulfield is talented, the question of size comes into play. Um, if we look at Yasperi Kotkinemi, it was probably the skating. Um, oh, I can go back to Alex Galchenyuk, it was maybe the hockey IQ. All of these things. And each player, each player that I mentioned, you know, kind of put into the fire after they've developed. Uh, Cole Caulfield obviously exceeding expectations coming into the playoffs and really getting into it and performing once he gets in there and scoring key goals. So that sets up the expectation. So we thought we had maybe nailed it by letting him stay in, in college, but maybe he needed a, just a tiny bit more time. I like that's That's the one where it's a little bit tough because you saw what he did in the playoffs, so it's hard to say that he wouldn't have you know, continued on that front heading into the regular season. I think that's more the team overall that impacts, you know, the confidence of a young kid like that. Um, But... Uh, moving on, let's get into maybe some other things, unless, Justin, you had a, a last point before we, because uh, we touched we touch a lot about development, we'll get into it probably in, on a different angle, which is the hire of Jeff Gordon. So getting into this, uh, all the folks that have joined us live, again, we are the No Respect Podcast. Thank you again for joining us tonight for episode six, End of an Era. Uh, my name is Mackie. Join alongside me, Alex, Justin. Uh, sorry if it's repetitive. We've got a Discord server if you want to join us. That's going to be sick. Um the Montreal Canadiens hiring Jeff Gordon as President of Hockey Operations. Now that's the novelty in this because you've heard of it for, I think, uh, Brendan Shanahan and uh, and uh, Kyle Dubas is that we they have the, the President and they have the GM. And the Montreal Canadiens, after listening to the um, Jeff Molson press conference, are adopting this same uh, system. Now, what does that mean? That's a great picture. Great work. Uh, Jeff Gordon appearing on the, on the screen here. It's a live show, baby. Um, what does that mean? We don't know yet. I don't think even Jeff Molson knows yet. But let's start off with Jeff Gordon, who's coming back, coming off of the New York Rangers job, where uh, he is the person that brought in Mika Zibanejad, a second round pick. And that trade was for Derek Brassard and a seventh-round pick that went the other way towards the Ottawa Senators at the time. Um, so quite a steal looking back on that one. There's obviously some more here, but uh, the the New York Rangers obviously have been a competitive team, but they've also gone recently into a rebuild slash retool. I want to say full rebuild for them. They weren't afraid of it. But that being said... Um, Let's get your initial thoughts, and anybody who has more information and more takes to give on Jeff Gordon, please don't be shy, as Carl Puschowski, the legend himself, from our Discord server, joins us here on our live show. Who wants to start here? Raise of eyebrows, if you have. If you have eyebrows? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right, Justin, you won the race. Go ahead. I mean, I don't know
2: too too much about Jeff Gordon. I've heard some decent things uh online from reading comments from Rangers fans. Um the most notable thing is he was fired as a GM not for failure uh, under being a GM or for bad trades or for losing, but he was fired because he spoke out against the NHL when Tom Wilson wasn't suspended there um for his like suplex of uh whoever it was on the on the rangers there is that when he
0: went like this thing in the box there was he like, <laughs> it was, was, like wrecking that was ralph hilarious. there
2: <laughs> a, yeah that was hilarious. so i mean uh yeah I, I think his track record's good i think most of his trades have turned out well there's a couple kind of weird if weird ish trades but I think he's not afraid to kind of go for the rebuilding trades and, like, trade for picks and do these kind of big big splash trades that kind of we're were used to with Mark Bergevin going for, like, the big-name players. So I'm looking forward to that. Also, like we talked about earlier in the show, um, his drafting ability has been pretty good. So hopefully that comes through in Montreal as well. Um, And all these things are great um because he was a former gm so now that he's president of hockey ops and in theory we're going to hire another well not another gm but a gm it's as if we'll have two gms so as long as they work well together it's good to have more good hockey minds all together so i'm all for that and i think it's a good move by uh, jeff molson for sure
0: Alex, your thoughts on this uh, two, uh, two-headed two monster uh, sting operation, if I want to call it that way? I,
1: I think kind of one thing like that him. Justin said that stuck out the most to me is that he wasn't afraid to go for that rebuild. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and especially in a market like New York. So you know that he won't be afraid to come into Montreal and change things up. And... I mean, there's no way to know for sure how he's going to do prior, but his track record in Boston as well was pretty good. Um, I don't know exactly what his role was, but he was there in the years prior to Trelli taking over. Matt, I can't speak tonight, sir. Sorry. And uh, he kind of built the core of that early 2010s Boston team, which were obviously a powerhouse. So... Yeah, I mean, his track record speaks for itself, and hopefully it brings some good changes to Montreal. And I think, like Justin said, this tandem of having a president of of Hockey Ops and bringing in a GM underneath him is a change for Montreal that will hopefully be for the better. And kind of, I think Justin put it perfectly, having two minds, if they work together, is better than one.
0: Yeah, Uh, that's uh, straight from the words of Jeff Molson as well. Um, And honestly, coming back to that uh, press conference, I know a lot of people were hoping that Jeff Molson had something to say. Um, And he kind of said, like, it doesn't make sense for me to just come out and speak if there's nothing to be announced. And so he made that clear. And as he spoke... Obviously, this is when he announced that it's a complete reset. You know, a new chapter. He was super happy to be able to get Jeff Gordon. And you know, I agree. There's some some great things. I, I can't I can't pretend to say that I know everything about Jeff Gordon. It's going to be the first time I think in history for the Montreal Canadiens that somebody at the head of the operations is not is American-born. Uh, so that's you know whether that pleases people from from Quebec, uh, I don't think it does for the majority. But hopefully, with a GM, that's going to be able to speak in both language languages. That that's something that Jeff Molson said is. A priority and i can understand that we're obviously speaking english we both we, we all speak french and we speak both languages um and i can understand why it's important um but what's good here is too. that yeah, there you go um and um in in the case of jeff gordon here that's coming with experience and i don't want to say that it's a way to kind of sneakily circumvent the fact that you don't of a gm that's gonna be only Anglophone, but maybe that's a little bit part of the plan here i like i I'm not saying that this is uh something negative maybe there's a genuine interest in having both of those heads uh there that can you know do the job together but there could be a scenario here where Jeff Gordon is literally gonna be. Uh, the puppeteer to the whoever's the puppet there as the gm and controlling everything and just whatever's being said publicly is to appease to the fans you know i i don't I, know if that's going to be true I, I may i may be going a little bit too uh, uh tinfoil hat he tinfoil hat e uh, on this one but uh you know there is that that thought that That crossed my mind. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, to put it in a more
2: positive light than what you're saying, than, like, he's a puppet, it would maybe allow for a less experienced gm to come in who has shown maybe some some experience in like a lower league like i'm i'm kind of talking about danny echl yeah Yeah. where he's like a gm of an echl team so he has some experience but he can be mentored by a guy like jeff gordon who has a ton of experience and can really show him the ropes of being a, a gm um And while both having good hockey minds to bounce ideas off each other, but I don't think it'll be like a puppet and puppeteer situation, obviously. But I do think it was smart of of Jeff Molson to kind of propose this idea of having like a two-headed monster of kind of your hockey operations where the GM will be the kind of voice of the front office and will be the the boss and will be a, a French speaking well a, 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 sorry bilingual uh, person um, while still having that that guy on the on the back end that's re- like that is a great hockey mind but also doesn't speak French <laughs> which like it's kind of w- stupid that we have to even do this kind of like loophole thing but. I think Jeff Molson was very smart to kind of do this and, and be able to figure out a way to, to get a guy like Jeff Gordon
0: when he's available. The best of both worlds right now, maybe. Um, Alex, your thoughts?
1: I don't have much to add on that, to be honest. I think you guys touched on everything for that. But I guess the question is, who is the GM going to be? Because I'm all aboard the Patrick Croix train.
0: Oh boy. I, there's I nobody, that any day there's, there's nobody more on board the Patrick Roy train than Patrick Roy himself. And, uh, <laughs> That's so true. Him him I, I don't know where he was. I think he was like after a practice or whatever. But uh I, I, I'm gonna paraphrase, but he's like he's like his reasoning for why he should get the GM position was what do they have to lose? That was his <laughs> selling point. Is what do the Montreal Canadiens yeah. have to lose? You know, the team's been going around since 1993, since I won the Cup. Uh, I just find it I just kind of find it funny listen there's no disrespect uh, well maybe slightly but I don't mean there to be um, uh, to Patrick Roy and what he's accomplished obviously as uh, as a storied this is this is great you're just bringing in some stuff here uh, Justin uh, uh, maybe another reason why you guys can join us on YouTube uh, we'll you guys, maybe a little bit more foresight as to when we're doing the live shows in the future. But Patrick Croix we know him as the coach of the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, he almost uh, uh, like threw gla- uh, the plexiglass at Bruce Boudreaux at the time. Uh, <laughs> he's an emotional <laughs> guy. You know, you know. We we talk about a GM position, and I can't even imagine like. Patrick Roy sitting down and having like an analytical conversation. I feel like everything is going to be like, no, this guy's out. Like, get him out right now. He's like, (laughs) Patrick, he just made a bad pass. Like, let's calm down. He's like, no, I want him out right now. Okay? You know, he looked at me differently. That's the type of GM that I would expect Patrick Roy to have. And then he'd throw the plexiglass. So (laughs) I, I, I personally don't think that Patrick Roy is the solution to especially having a two-way cooperative type of conversation, <laughs> analytical, let's sit down, let's talk about it. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But Patrick Roy and the GIF that we have playing does not speak that as a as a message, if that makes sense. I don't know what you guys think. Justin, uh, your thoughts on Patrick Roy potentially being the GM here. Yeah, I mean i don't know
2: obviously i don't know patrick Hoa, like personally in in like a calm setting All, obviously i've just seen him as a player as a coach um e- even as a coach in like very small uh a very small sample size i've mostly just seen him <laughs> freaking out and trying to crush bruce, bruce boudreau with a plexiglass so um i can't say much from experience but I feel like a lot of fans kind of romanticize the old players, like the legends of the Habs, and think they can be the saviors and kind of make the Habs great again, not to quote Trump. That was really not what I wanted to do. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I feel like just because he was a great hockey player and he's he was a coach in the NHL and now he's a coach in the Q doesn't mean he can turn this team around doesn't mean he can be a good gm like that those aren't the like the things to make a good gm he doesn't have experience as a gm i don't see why he would even be considered for the job it's like if like i Wanted no, to be bilingual. CEO of a company, and I worked at like IGA as a bag bag handler. Like it's it's it, to well, me, it doesn't no. make sense. That's a that's a bit <laughs> of a stretch. That's a, that's, that's, it's a bit of a goddamn CO, stretch. CEO of IGA. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay, that makes a bit more sense. <laughs> okay, right? maybe that didn't but make not sense. really. So, but I don't feel like he's just like suited for the job. He doesn't have like he doesn't have any experience with being a GM or what it takes to be a GM. So I, well, I, you know, I has been get around
1: that part. the team, what,
0: and he's been a coach, right? Like that's What about that's guys not like
1: uh, Joe Sakic in Colorado, Steve yeah. Iserman, Rob Blake? I yeah. mean, to me, Luke even Cody that, Tye, even these are that's. All, like...
0: But they dominate, well, I mean, dude. They're able Eizerman to learn. and
1: Sakic are two of the best, right?
0: Yeah, it's I, true. I
1: get what you're saying. Obviously, he has a very fiery personality, but I don't know. My take has always been this with hockey. At the end of the day, I want to be entertained, and I think he's gonna oh. double Mark Vergeve's entertainment know. value. I think it'd be fantastic,
0: man. <laughs> no, you can't we, we say need that, this. dude. You need <laughs> no, this in your don't. life. You want to be entertained by a good product, don't you? Not the fact that the GM <laughs> is trading away Nick Suzuki because he had an off night, dude. You can't do that. I think. How you long can't. do you think
2: it would take Patrick Watt to become our first string goalie? <laughs> like if he was GM he would he would obviously become the coach become yeah. every player on the ice hire like his his two <laughs> sons as the players true, as son. the as the coaches
0: until uh, Sam Motombo to go and fight the other goalie and then after yeah. that when he doesn't say yes then is he's going in so uh no i uh, again we're just joking uh, hope uh, you're just joking uh, patrick Yeah, Patrick. What's the worst that could happen? What's the worst (laughs) that could happen? No, but listen. There's, there's, there might be a scenario here because when he was the coach of the Colorado Avalanche, they were doing very well. They weren't at the same level of the uh, of um, of development. They didn't have all of the, um, you know, the Nathan McKinnon of today was not the Nathan McKinnon at the time. Like Gabriel Landeskog was probably the star of that uh, of that team at the time. So, you know, they were they were decent. And then after that, he left for personal reasons, which is also kind of maybe a sketchy factor in all of this. But, but that being said, um, you know, Patrick Roy has played the game, has won cups, has been a coach and has been around the NHL. So I could be wrong here. Maybe, maybe he is the right fit, but from my outside analysis and, and maybe some of the gifts that are being shown and the stories that we've seen that I don't personally think that he is the right fit to work alongside Jeff Gordon. That's my personal opinion. If you guys have any thoughts, you let us know. Steph C seems to agree uh, with, with us. He says, uh, Patrick ego uh, Patrick's ego is insane and can't deny his passion and fight. The guy's a winner and would probably do everything possible to win MTL to show everyone wrong. I agree. And that's when he would probably go in nets himself to try to win the game. Um, uh, Bearded Putsin joins us. Welcome aboard. I was thinking the same thing as uh, him being a coach rather than a true position of power with the organization. And yeah, that's where I'm saying like, you know, for motivating people on the spot, maybe it's the next coach. I see that being more his style than, you know, trying to sit down. Let's put emotions aside. And let's make like calculated, mathematical, analytical decisions about the future of this organization. I just don't pin him as that guy. But let's get into the other candidates, uh, potential candidates. There's Daniel Brière, has zero GM experience, but he is, well, zero GM experience at the NHL level. But from what I gather, working in the ECHL as we speak, uh, bilingual, uh, Mr. April, uh if you want to call him that mr clutch in the playoffs scored some big goals for us when we beat the bruins uh back in the day with dale weiss uh shout out to habs tonight team our boy brendan legacy and that team over there but daniel brier let's start there there's Mathieu there's uh what was it uh, john madden 2006 uh, football game uh, that is also being uh considered what, what did you say uh justin who's it's the other person M- martin madden jr Martin Madden Jr. That's a yeah. great name. Uh, bilingual, apparently, so that's cool. Um, start with Daniel Briere, okay? I, this one came out of nowhere for me. I didn't know that Daniel Briere would have been in contention for a GM position. Obviously, that's before uh, the one for the Montreal Canadiens uh, basically opened up. But what do you guys think of a Daniel Briere being the GM and, and playing, uh, well, being alongside of Jeff Gordon? Uh, Alex, I see you have already some... Uh, some some of this going on. So uh, what's going on for you? I
1: don't think you can hire Danny Briere just because he used Montreal as leverage in his contract negotiations with Philly.
0: And I mean, that's a smart there's no coming back man, from to that. To be honest, that's a smart businessman. If I am going to be honest, yeah, but that's it's
1: a just... betrayal. If you compare no, it's not. this to Patrick Roy, he he lives for Montreal. <laughs> I mean, Danny Briere just sees I, I, us as Patrick will for a
2: trade though. I mean, it wasn't yeah, he his did fault? Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it falling apart, right? Yeah,
1: but um yeah, I think we're just uh, a stepping stone for Danny Breer. He's just always looking for the the best financial opportunity. And let's uh,
0: relax. He's let's relax, to, Alex. Trying
1: to build a career. He doesn't care. <laughs>
0: You know what? Jacob Derachet, who joins us on our live show, says that Danny Brière is such a beauty. So I think he uh, he disagrees with you here. So, I mean, you're, you're, you take. have to pander. You have to pander. OK, uh, uh, no, I'm kidding. Thank you, Jacob. Um, but yeah, if you guys have any thoughts on Danny Brière or who do you want to see be the next GM? Is it Patrick Roy? Is it Mathieu Darche? Is it... Um, Danny Brier uh, maybe for Jacob derochet it is uh, let's go with uh Justin what are your what is your take on Danny Brier being the GM for this group
2: I mean something that I said earlier like I feel like someone like Danny Brier obviously I've known nothing about his management style I know nothing about him as a as a person um other than what I've seen in as as, as him as a player but yeah he can be someone that you Jeff Gordon can teach as like an inexperienced kind of guy that comes in he's young um he knows the players in the nhl he knows like what works in an nhl team and you can kind of be mentored by jeff gordon so i mean this is true about anyone that we could hire like any inexperienced uh gm that we could hire but i think i, I don't know i don't know about danny Briere. i also kind of think he's not super loyal like alex said <laughs> but
0: <laughs> whatever uh, Alex Rock, who joins the show, came in with a fucking massive shout out. And that's Bobby Lou that I forgot to mention. Oh. That is Roberto oh, Luongo. Yeah. St. Leo, Ooh. represent, baby. Uh, um, no, but uh, Bobby Lou Fra- has fratello. some management. He, he is definitely a fratello, which is uh, very important to me, um, but shouldn't be one of you the, the prerequisites. <laughs> prerequisites for the GM job for the Montreal Canadiens. uh, Although he'd make a mean tomato sauce. I'll tell you that much. Uh, But Bobby Lou is in a management position with the Florida Panthers. If I'm not mistaken, there is a little bit more, um, I guess, experience that is tangible on that front. Uh, I don't know though. I don't know more than that. Uh, You know, if, if, if Roberto Luongo is going to be the guy, the GM for the Montreal Canadiens, I need to see more. I don't know what that more is. I'm, I won't be a part of the, um, the interview process, unfortunately, uh, as we all won't, but. I'd be curious to see how he would play out. I think that he's got a hell of a personality. You know, Mark Bergevin is a joker, but if you've seen Strombone's, uh, you know, Twitter page, it goes well. It's a fucking, it's a, it's a festival over there. So I would think he would make for a pretty entertaining GM. Uh, a little bit less, like, upset, but more like Joker type of... Uh, GM kind of like Mark Bergevin, and like in comparison to Patrick Croix, who I think is gonna maybe flip a table after uh, you know uh, the the start that the Montreal Canadiens have had this season. Um, but yeah, I don't know if anybody has any any um, thoughts on on Bobby Lou being the uh, the GM as like a serious you know candidate here well he's he was selected as the assistant gm for
2: team canada for the olympics so you know he has some like there's high, that's Didn't high praise that. for him so yeah. i mean if other people think that then he could be a good fit if he wants it um obviously he speaks french so that's a great plus that we need obviously um yeah and yeah, I mean, he was a good goalie, so why not be a good GM? He was a
0: captain as a goalie. That's a big thing. That's a big thing. Least we forget. Yeah. Huh? least we okay. forget. Uh, is that is that the wrong way to say things? I wanted to be poetic about it, but I'll I'll shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> last person that I was most interested in because of his um of his uh, experience with a winning franchise such as the tampa bay lightning and that is Mathieu Darche. uh matthew actually went to my high school notre dame uh so that's uh, another uh, personal reason for uh, for him being the gm uh, of my choice and my picking um but also all, all jokes aside and being more serious is Mathieu Darche being alongside a julien brisbois being alongside that this organization that just went back to back I would assume being around this type of environment helps in uh having somebody that's gonna see what a winning recipe looks like. obviously, context is completely different in tampa taxes uh media pressure all of these things so that's the that's the other side of things so I don't know I don't know, but he does he does know the market he played here in Montreal, but that being said i don't know I don't know if if this is the pick for you guys this would be the pick for me to be honest based off of my limited knowledge what's wrong your your high school alumni status yeah Yeah, well that's it i also want to be able to use that he went to high school you know with me well no not even close to me he did speak in my high school at one point so is there any is there any good candidates from our high school
1: I don't think so, no. Maybe Jacob Derrachet. <laughs>
2: yeah. But, Seriously, we uh, be good.
1: In all seriousness, it, it's really hard to, to say. Like, like you said, we know nothing about any of these guys. None of them have GM experience. If you are talking about Mathieu Darch, yeah, like you said, it is huge, the winning culture in Tampa. Worked under Iserman, then Brisebois. I mean, you're definitely going to learn a lot in that environment. So it'd be a huge positive. But at the end of the day, I think what Justin mentioned earlier is having someone with minimal experience that can develop under a guy like Gordon. And realistically, there's no way for us to know what the right decision is until five, 10 years from now. But Dash, I think you make a good point, Mackie, that, that winning culture in Tampa is, is big. It could be a big plus for
0: him, and he's not in this alone, which is great. You know, Jeff Gordon does have that experience. You know, so like, I think that that that's the that's the beauty of this thing is that having a guy like Jeff Gordon being able to kind of still mentor Dash into uh, maybe the more experienced route of a GM, I think that's going to be you know uh, an interesting uh, piece to all this to see how it's going to play out. We don't know, but yeah i think that, that 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 that's one of the candidates uh justin what do you think about Dash? yeah
2: i mean i agree with you guys i don't have much else to say about him he's uh had a pretty good track record with tampa so if he comes here maybe he can reproduce that here hopefully maybe yeah maybe maybe but again, okay, he didn't go to my final- high school so i don't
0: know yeah well that's that's your fault eh? Um, but the last thing that I think I want to address here, uh, and it comes back to the actual Montreal Canadiens, um, which is the product on the ice right now, Sava va, pas, ça va pas bien, All right. I think everybody in this chat knows it, um, for, for God's sakes, like people that don't even watch the Montreal Canadiens know sa, So, uh, the... Question that I want to address to maybe kind of close out the show in all of this, in all of this uh firing or hiring, uh, this this season is pretty much over. What does that mean for the rest of the roster? The direction of this team? Do we see a Brendan Gallagher get moved? Do we see a Kerry Price stay alongside of this group as we try to become um a competitive sooner rather than later or do we go full rebuild uh, in the press conference that Jeff Molson just did he said he's not scared of it he's not the one that's gonna make the decision though the people that Jeff Gordon and the next GM whoever that may be Matthew Dash Notre Dame represent he and Jeff Gordon will take a look at this team assess what is needed and then we shall see so my question to you both but also to those in the chat we've got B water that joins us as well uh we've got 10 or 9 watching right now so thank you very much for joining the no respect podcast subscribe away if you please um and uh discord server should be in the uh in the chat right now um and uh please don't forget to subscribe like and all of those great things just to support if you're enjoying it don't do it if you don't like it so anyways coming back what happens to the Montreal Canadiens roster Going forward, the direction that you would take it if you were the next GM alongside Jeff Gordon, starting with you, Alex.
1: I think we are gonna see some moves that might surprise people, but not until the offseason. I think at the trade deadline, you'll see the guys like Sharat, maybe lekin and Armia, guys like that be moved. But I think in the offseason, once the new GM's in, once Gordon's more established. They're really going to take a look at this team and want to start fresh. And like we said earlier, Jeff Gordon did the rebuild in New York. He's not scared of doing it in a big market. And I think you may see a guy like Gallagher, no guarantee we can move him, but you're going to see names like that shopped. And they're going to want a fresh start with what's hopefully going to be a very high draft pick and start the new era for this team.
0: So you think rebuild, just to confirm? Like you think it's going through? So So Carey Price gone, if he can?
1: If they can move him, I think so. But I think there's going to be serious discussions with Carey Price as to if he wants to stick around with this team or if he wants a shot somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a very realistic possibility that he does want a last couple years attempt at a cup because. Unfortunately, something has to change with this team and a new GM is going to want to kind of put their mark, restart anew. And I think you're going to see big changes, yeah.
0: Yeah, to quote uh, uh, Patrick Roy, uh, the potential GM of the Montreal Canadiens, was he was saying it's not that not that difficult. You know they're not that <laughs> far off though, so maybe he has uh, some uh, some insights that we don't. Uh, Bearded Putin saying trade Chara, see who else gains value. Weber has leverage if he can't come back for a deal with Nashville since reasons uh, since seasons a bust just play the young guns i i you know i can't disagree with that uh at this stage if if you are uh Dominique Duchelme, that should be the focus develop in a non-developmental league okay that should be the focus because caulfield not being on the power play norlander playing five minutes a night that doesn't make sense in the context of we're six 16 and two we haven't had back-to-back wins this season it's a joke so let the kids play if it means that you're going to be hurting a little bit of the feelings of a jeff petrie a brendan gallagher i'm sorry i love those players i love what they've done for this organization it doesn't mean anything but for the future of the team you need to start doing this right now so um I'll let you answer, Justin, in terms of the rebuild slash retool. Uh, Again, is it for you a full rebuild? Are we, you know, what, 5, 10 years away from a competitive team? Is this what we're looking at? Do we have enough to be able to be competitive sooner rather than later? What do you think? I mean, I'm
2: scared to say, I don't want to say rebuild just because to me that's like tearing up everything and restarting i think we have a solid base in terms of prospects that we have already um so i think like you said it's about playing them as much as possible getting them to develop whether it be in the nhl or in the ahl if we need to get a couple cups to avow there um but yeah I, i think i kind of agree with both of you that first of all have to play the young guys make sure they're the future of our team like make sure they're on the right track developing um we're gonna lose games it's fine we just need to play these we're players. already losing them yeah, yeah we're so. losing them p- playing our oldest players the most and it's like i think we should just look at ourselves in the mirror say okay the season's pretty much over we might as well just play our players that we want to develop, put them in the roles that they they need to be in to succeed, and see what happens with that. Because if we're just trying to to stay afloat while we're sinking, there's there's nothing that's going to come good with that. Like there's nothing good that's going to come of that. That's a better way of saying it. Um, Correct. Yeah. In terms of rebuilding. I don't want to trade... I, w- I want to keep Carey Price for his career. I think he's a career Montreal Canadian. I don't want to trade him. I also don't want to trade Brendan Gallagher. But if he wants to leave, is he, if that's what it comes to, then sure. But I think we can build around these guys and still have a kind of veteran presence in our rebuild. Like, I think that is something that can happen and that's what should happen. I do agree with trading kind of the players like Sherratt, like... Um, like the kind of like middling players that we can that we don't see ourselves building around in the future with our kind of prospect pool and with these new young players that we'll eventually get so that's kind of my take
0: yeah i think uh, to bounce on some of the things that uh, that are being said on the chat here um i also don't think we're going full rebuild we have enough uh, young pieces that are good enough to stick around, but guys like Petrie, Sharat, Edmondson, Toffoli, all of like uh, Hoffman, I can name a bunch of them. All of these guys that have tradable contracts, I would seriously look at moving because these are complementary pieces to if you had like a top center or if you have a, uh, Nick Suzuki playing at the top of his game. Are great complementary pieces. They're they're going to be useful on other teams. They're going to be all of these things. Now, I d- wouldn't want to go full rebuild for one reason. One reason only is that I see the value in having that veteran leadership that you were talking about. We saw it with a Weber and a Carey Price in the past, being able to kind of right this ship and and show what it means to be the pro at the at the highest level and for the longevity of a career. I think that has some. Some intangible things that if there's one thing that Mark Bergevin was good at, it was character and intangibles and biceps. So you got to keep some of the good that Mark Bergevin did do. The part, again, that I would say that is huge to address, and I'm curious to see how it will be addressed, is developing... The players that we currently have that have the talent and that can exceed the play that they're doing right now. And then the draft. And how do you implement these players and make sure that they come in ready? Or if they are ready, how do they continue getting better once they get to the NHL? Those are the things that I want Jeff Gordon and Mm -hmm. Patrick Roy, Mathieu Darche, Danny Briere. Uh, uh, bobby lou and uh john madden 2006 nfl to do if they if they become the gm of this team so we shall see what happens um i have uh, have one question for you guys do you think that this (laughs) this decision is
2: done they're like all right we're we're gonna rebuild this is this is it or because like i'm looking at our record if we go on a like if we win 7 of our game. next 10 games, let's say. It's not, it's not gonna happen, I'm just saying that. if we do, not then Okay,
0: okay. Let's send the stream. <laughs> no, no. Okay, all right. Go, go. Go, go. go. 7, no, seven was out was of it. 10, all right. That was it. Seven, 7 out of 10. Okay, what happens? Please. If that We're happens, still
1: 13 and 19 at that
2: point. Yeah, that's not too bad. It's almost 500. No, but I'm saying I'm saying if they see that they're not that far off, they're not going to tear it all up and rebuild. Like they'll do some, maybe make some moves, but they're not going to say, "All right, screw all these players, trade to Foley, trade Gallagher, trade Anderson, like do all that." Like, th- oh, not That's that's the, the the trouble I'm having is like <laughs> our team shouldn't be this bad, man. <laughs> it really no, just no, right. shouldn't. That's, that's why I'm like I'm thinking about rebuilding, and it's just like all right let's trade away all these like 10 players that we have that like actually actually have value um like it's it's just weird i don't know fuck i don't know what I, my I question know what really saying. was but no I, I'm, just, I, I'm just i know in, what you're saying in between wanting to rebuild and thinking that like this team kind of has a chance with what it has if we just like shake things up a little bit you know
0: but but that's but that's why I don't think it's a re full rebuild either. Like I don't think it's gonna be that. But I do think that there's gonna be some big names that have to get moved in order to do again, yeah. I guess some some people are gonna call it a retool and they might not like it and people want a full rebuild. But what we've discussed on this podcast quite often is we look at the Edmonton Oilers. How long have they been rebuilding? And it's only now, with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and picking four times in five years the top pick or top three pick. I don't know what the stat is, but it's kind of ridiculous. On the other side, the Buffalo Savers just traded away Jack Eichel because even with their top picks, Samar Shpo Tabarnak. So we don't want to be in that situation. We want to be a team that can get better quickly and this, I don't think the the by selling everything that you have, it's going to happen guaranteed because or else everybody would do it. Everyone yeah. would do it. Arizona, all of the – I can name every example. There are some people that have done it successfully. You got to get lucky. And if you don't get lucky, you're in for a long-ass ride, okay? We're all 27, 26, 28 here uh, around that. I don't want. I don't want to wait till I'm forty to have a competitive team. Okay, I don't want that. What's happening I at forty? I don't know. Well, probably arthritis, something like that, <laughs> right? Arthritis plus bad abs. That's not a good combination. Okay. <laughs> I'm saying that we need to figure out a solution that makes sense. That's why I haven't been. I haven't been against the kind of. Uh, I know a lot of people think it's BS, but what Mark Bergeron was saying, like to be a competitive team and just build through the draft. Kind of liked it because it meant that like we're not watching shit even though we are right now. And and we can see what we saw last season. That was the most magical thing I've ever I've ever experienced. Is that not like we did we, like last year during the playoffs, we watched the Habs make it to the Stanley Cup final on St. Jean historical like it was crazy Arturi Lekkonen nuts and we're here now 16 <laughs> losses six wins what a joke what a fall from grace but all of this to say is that I want to get better fast I don't know how we get there if you have any I, solutions I, if it's Patrick Roy I
2: don't know I don't know like be I, I think the future is bright to be honest with you like Right now, we're going through shit, but the future to me is bright. Like, we have what we have the base of prospects that like, are gonna be good. So, what,
0: I'm gonna challenge you on that. Though. What is the bright? Yeah, that's it. That's it. What are the what because who's coming like, in Shea and Weber saving gone. everything? We yeah. don't
1: have a defenseman at that level. No, yeah. I'm not, Price, If he leaves, we I'm don't have a goalie future. at that
0: level. I'm
2: saying the future, I'm not saying in the next two, three years. I'm saying the future is bright, like, with the. <laughs>
0: What you need to be more specific, How be more years? specific. Yeah, like, what is it? Is it 10 years is s- a long time. I'm saying when that's these- Mackie's 40s situation, it's yeah, I
2: don't years. want to. I'm, I'm saying, like, in like five years, when we the prospects we have now are, are so developing develop, so who's like, coming in and saving the
0: When we yeah, have exactly
2: like, I'm thinking of Matthias Norlander, I'm thinking of like Romanov, when these guys like develop into what they're gonna be. Like, don't give me that face. Like, these are good prospects. I'm, I'm not no, crazy let's have to say discussion. that. I'm not
1: saying they're bad no, prospects. No,
0: no, no, let's have the discussion. It's good.
1: There's no, but, there's no guarantee. Ghuli. I'm not is saying
0: not there's a aware, guarantee,
1: but we have Rom- a. De- Romanov is. He might be what he is. I'm sure he'll improve a bit, but it's not he's looking, looking better, like he's guys. gonna be a game breaker. No, of course
0: he, he's looking sick. He's not, actually,
1: he's not a number one defenseman. And not Maybe not. That it might be number two. No, I, that's fine. Okay. That'd be very good. But we don't have those game-breaking prospects.
2: What I'm saying is I think with the young players that we have, a retool would fit this team in that, like, if we do get some more prospects, we can build it up a bit more and then we can acquire kind of players like we did in the last couple of years. Um, like like the Andersons, like the Defolies, like those kind of players, then it would be a faster type of retooling than waiting ten years. Like I'm saying, like in three four years, when we have these prospects that are developing, and then we can kind of build our team with free agents, with signings, with trades, stuff like that. That it's not going to be ten years. You're not going to have to wait till your third kid to bring them to a playoff. You're right. I I, 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 I really hope
0: you're right. I don't want to have a van, and the Habs are good, dude. I don't want to have a van. I don't want to be at soccer like practice looking at my my kid not being a able cyber to truck. do a nice pass. Cyber truck, yo, that'd be the day. But listen, one thing that I would want, and this is the beauty of of this shit season, where we're really not performing to the level that I think that the Habs should be at. I think we all agreed. We're all like, okay, Habs are not top of the list. They're bubble team again. But the great part of that is that by the end of it, if we have a high draft pick and Steph C coming in with a great, the great comment and we get Shane Wright, okay, that to me is the ideal scenario. And we're going to have everybody that's going to have a chip on their shoulder. And then maybe we reevaluate. There is going to be some moves. Uh, ben Sherrod, if you are getting a first round pick for Ben Sherrod, get it. Secure the bag. Get it. If you're, but but you are right. Like I don't want to give away like. Uh, you know, a uh, Josh Anderson, I think, is an effective player for this team. I know that everybody, not everybody loves Josh Anderson. I think that, um, you know, if you want to keep a Tyler Toffoli, maybe you don't keep Tyler Toffoli and Mike Hoffman, is my point. Like, keep one of them that you think is going to gel with this group, be part of the leadership. And I would think out of the two, it's going to be Tyler Toffoli because of uh, the, the, The Player Tribune article that said that he wants to be here. He loves being here. So it's players like that that you want to prioritize and that's going to help this group kind of get to the level that you want to get at. So I agree with you. So right now we might be witnessing something that might be the ideal situation for the Montreal Canadiens. Complete garbage this year. Makes no sense. Gets us that first one to five pick. And then we come back with a vengeance. Next year, playoffs, first round, Leafs, get the fuck out of here, dude. Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, we'll see you there, buddy. We'll see you there. Can you imagine? So am I delusion. getting too? <laughs> it's, it's an emotional roller coaster. I think if we kept am Benno, I that crazy? We would have, we would be a good team right now. Is he killing it right now in LA? Is that what's happening? Steph C says Hoffman over to Foley. I mean, pure sniper-wise, I agree with you. That power play is snipe show. I'm not going to lie. But for, like, five-on-five play, defensive play, I don't know, leadership, I don't know. Maybe maybe you're right. I know that your pick is Hoffman, (laughs) right, Alex?
1: Yeah, that's the best take I've heard all night.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Steph C, I just watched highlights of Wright, and all the comments are from Habs fans. Laughing my ass off. That's, yeah, that's, that's fair. All right. I think, um, I think we, I
2: I think we have to tank two years in a row and get Shane Wright and Connor Bedard. I think that's, that's a real play. How are you going
0: to, how are you going to pay all of them?
2: Everyone named Connor. That just seems the way to go.
0: Seriously? Yeah. Or Bowen. Bowen, eh? Well, yeah. there's only who's another Bowen this Is it Bowen Byron? there's only one <laughs> he's coming he's, he's coming. like not even I mean, he's, he's not even good dist- but he's not <laughs> he's, he's like just pick Bowen. all of them the Kale he's like one single Bowen in the past 25 years Kale's good yeah, yeah Kale. Kale's not bad I had a Kale flurry alright um I don't know if there's anything Kale else Jakubov before we wrap this one though. up <laughs> Kale Kale Yakubov uh uh great um anything else gentlemen uh, anybody in the chat uh, this is the last the last part of our show i guess uh, i think we've, we've covered quite a bit what how long have we been live an hour like, and like an 20? hour 20 minutes or so wow incredible incredible that's it upwards and onwards for the montreal canadians patrick Roy. Um, we have uh, Kayla Christodolopoulos, who joins us in the chat, saying Bauer Petrie. <laughs> that's the next pick, maybe. Um, but that I mean, being said, years. the the Montreal Canadiens, an end of an era, episode six, the No Respect podcast again. Thank you so much for joining us live tonight. What are we, Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, uh, December 1st. Uh, if you want to join our discord server, uh, we're going to post the link again. Uh, you know, we, we often, uh, read some of the takes that are, um, in the chat, uh, so much to discuss tonight that we didn't really get into it, but, um, please join us if you'd like. Um, and uh if you want to follow subscribe like it's always to support the channel again our apologies for being away for some time scheduling conflicts um general depression with the Montreal Canadians um all of these factors came into play when uh when coming into this for for tonight's episode but something a beacon of light a beacon of hope which is Jeff Jeff Gordon Jeff Molson the new GM who will it be we shall see. It starts. <laughs> it starts the search uh, since uh, the, the press conference, since the announcement. We shall see what happens. But for Alex, for Justin, and for everybody watching tonight, you lovely people, uh, we always remind you to respect the organization. Merci, bonsoir, and uh, we will see you again very soon. Go, Habs go. Um,